So, welcome to the uh, next episode of the Cisco Technology Podcast. And uh, you're joined today by myself, Justin Woolen. Uh, you can contact the, the uh, podcast via Twitter at, at Justin Woolen or via email at justin.woolen at cisco.com. That's two O's and one L. So, uh, what's the topic of today's podcast? Well, one thing I get asked a lot about uh, by customers is around the internet and the increasing of internet usage and why customers could not consider the internet as doing other than accessing sort of uh, Google or whatever and can they use it to start to use it for things such as their wide area networks and so I, I that was been posed to me and I had a good think about it and I thought it'd be a really interesting topic for the podcast so I asked uh, uh, a couple of people to join us today I'm joined by a, uh, a one of our regular contributors Mark Jackson hello and also by uh, Lee Davis who's one of our routing experts within uh, within Cisco in the UK hello so um Lee, we've, um, so like I said, we, we've seen an increase in usage of the internet of, um, in, in the work perspective, but the way that it's working now isn't quite set up for that. Do you, do you want to be able to describe that a bit? Yeah, uh, so I think what we're seeing is that most customers these days are, have adopted uh, MPLS and Layer 3 VPNs over MPLS networks for their the wide area uh, connectivity, and in most cases, well, in almost all cases, uh, they're backhauling their internet traffic across that MPLS back to a central internet connection in the data center. Right, okay, and that's just not... I mean, it seems like a common sense way of doing things, by I'll buy one big internet pipe and everything comes back to it. But the problem is, I mean, what are the problems is that sort of... Well, I mean, there are good reasons for doing that. Um, first being the, the, the desire to centralize all the security controls in one... Um, one one location, um, and also the, the lack of available broad, broadband everywhere meant that perhaps it was the only option anywhere was to back up yeah. everything. Uh, but what we're seeing now is with the growth of internet traffic and internet usage through things like cloud applications, Google Apps, Office 365, um, everybody carrying mobile application, uh, mobile devices like smartphones and tablets, and, and the, the amount of traffic they're drawing down from the internet in, in both from applications and OS updates and uh, so we're starting to see a, a, an increase of sort of business usage of the internet so it's not just people going onto YouTube and, and things like that and and Mark's laughing because when we were preparing for this, I said about Charlie biting my finger, biting my finger. And, he, and he sort of went, where did you get that from? And he said, well, people could be just sat there at lunchtime watching that on the, on, on, on the, on the internet. Yeah. So, it's, it's, so for what you're saying, Lee, it's, it's business usage of the internet. So like you're saying, cloud applications. The one thing that I've, I've noticed is, is obviously everyone's got these mobile devices and smart devices. And one thing that you see every day is um, application updates. And operating system updates. And, and what is it you mean? I think uh, iOS, I think, well, what version of iOS are we on now? 9.1. 9. 9. 9.1. It's like over a gig, isn't it? About 1.3 gig? It's huge. So it's huge. So their challenge is going, I've, am I going to backhaul all this data back to my centralized data mm-hmm. center and my internet pipe and have it do that? Or, I mean, what, what's the way to, what's the, or, or are there other ways to solve this? Yeah, certainly. Uh, I mean, as... The reliability of broadband internet and the prevalence of broadband internet has increased over the last couple of years. Um, the option to uh, do local internet breakout from the branch is, is certainly now becoming a viable alternative to backhauling traffic over the MPLS. So just 
have a look. Just have so have a local internet where your office is then, and get what what goes out on the internet. Get it straight out to the get internet as close out. to the source as possible. Mm. Okay, cool. That makes sense, doesn't it? Really. I mean, it's interesting because we. I remember years ago we were all saying, "No, oh, put it all back into your data center," mm. and now we're all saying, "Actually, bring it back into your brand." But it's just the way that the of those adoption of cloud applications sort of driving that sort of behavior, isn't it? Mm. Um, so there you go. So if we've got internet breakouts in all our offices, wherever they may be, what what else could we use it for though? I mean, if if I've got if I've got so in in a customer, you can say, well, I've got an MPLS circuit and I've got an internet circuit. So or maybe I have two inter, two MPLS circuits. You've got a, 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 a primary and a secondary, or both active active, and then I've got an internet pipe as well. So is there is there something else that we could do here that makes sort of with, with that extra connection? Yeah, certainly, once you've got two connections in there, I mean, a hybrid, a hybrid one is, is the one where we, just, we would put a primary MPLS circuit and a, an internet breakout. Uh, the internet bearer also gives you the option to run an IPsec um, one over, over the, the internet connection. And, and for us, as Cisco, we would we have a technology called DMVPN, which uh, is ideal for internet-based WANs. So, so what you're saying is that we've got an internet pipe. The technology is available today to run your internet over, uh, sorry, your wide area network and your business applications over that wide area network, over that <laughs> internet pipe. <laughs> Even I'm getting tongue-tied now. So, and we've got, I mean, this is obviously a Cisco technology podcast and we want to talk about Cisco technology here. And, we, and we've got something that, that helps to solve this and that's or IWAN or Intelligent WAN. Some people are calling it SD-WAN, and that's made up of multiple things. And you've talked about one of them already, which is the DMVPN bit, which is a way of securing it so you can encrypt over the internet your, your points. And that's really interesting because that's quite a... So since Lucas isn't here, our, our resident layman, I, I'm going to have to put the, uh, the, the red button down. You're going to say, put the red button down. explain what DMVPN is for our And I tell listeners. you what, I'm not going to because I think somebody else can do a better job than I can. And even explain the acronym because it's a bit of a mouthful. Okay, yeah, uh, DMVPN is Dynamic Multipoint VPN. Uh, it's a connection of a collection of standards-based um, protocols, uh, one being IPsec, as, you know, which is everybody's aware of what IPsec does. Yeah. Uh, and the other is, uh, is actually invented by Cisco, as far as I believe, uh, called <laughs> NextHop Resolution Protocol, NHRP for short. And those two, oh, and also GRE, uh, and those three protocols together can be combined to build a dynamic VPN and the, the, the benefit of dynamic VPN, uh, multipoint VPN is uh, it's very scalable uh, and it can create uh, IPsec tunnels on demand in response to uh, user application flows such as a voice call between two branch sites you can create a dynamic tunnel between so, sites. So the when you say by dynamic means that I, I pick the phone up, I want to make a call to another office, it detects that it's going to go over this, the, end, the, the other distant office is, is going to connect over the internet and will then dynamically, very quickly, bring up that tunnel, secure it, and get the traffic flowing over it. Correct. Right, cool. And that's opposed to what, you know, the static, the old static tunnel mechanism that, that I guess IPsec was used to using in the past, yeah? Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so... The alternative would be to create a, a full mesh of point-to-point tunnels between new branch sites, but I mean that that, that doesn't scale. No. DMVPN 
uh, does all of this automatically. Yeah. So it d- yeah, so it does it all without you having to manually configure everything up and running, and it does it as and when it's needed. And when it's not used, does it tear it down or does it? Yeah, it tears down once the once whatever flow that initiated the tunnel stops. Then after a certain timeout, the, uh, the the dynamic tunnel will be torn down. Oh, brilliant! Okay, and that's all. So there's no inherent user intervention with this. It just happens. Once you set, once you've configured it, it just runs and works. It's just magic. It's magic. Cisco magic. Cisco magic. Cisco magic. So the other thing that um, that's in there as well is in this intelligent WAN or or IWAN as we call it is uh, application visibility. Um, so that's the ability for us to uh, see all the different kinds of applications running over the network, and then you can start to do the interesting thing, which is performance routing, which is the ability to route traffic based on application performance or the performance of a link or the performance required by that application, not necessarily on its on the routing traditional routing table. Mm-hmm. Right, that's right. You keep me honest here, Mark. Yeah. Um, so that's really interesting. So we go there, we identify the application, we use performance routing to select the best route of it, which, which it could be MPLS, it could be internet, uh, it could be two different internet providers. Um, and then there's other ways of, of optimizing it as well with our uh, WAS technology, mm-hmm. where you can actually sort of compress and start to re, uh, re, uh, redundant data reusage, isn't it? Data redundancy elimination. That's the one, DRE. DRE. That's the one. God, that's, it's been a while since yeah, I've done WAS. And then we also have um, Akamai as well, which is a partner company of ours, which basically um, they host content right at the edge of the internet. Mm -hmm. So I know we think the internet is just one big cloud, but if you can imagine at the edge of the cloud, that's where the content's being hosted. And that same technology can be put inside our, our, our routers so that when you start to pull down content regularly, for example, if you are on... Uh, YouTube watching Charlie biting his uh, biting fingers. You're going to get it really quick. Uh, you're going to get it really quick because the first the person's downloaded the first time it's been cached on our mm-hmm. on our uh, and then obviously things that such as iOS updates, app updates, they'll all be cached locally and then you're pulling them down over your local area network, not over a over the WAN and incurring costs that way as well. So there's, there's there's some interesting things there as well. So it sounds like the technology's there that we can start to use the internet. But what kind of things do we need to think about? You mean, what are the sort of considerations, maybe or challenges that we need to think about? And I mean, the one thing that always come, would always come to my mind, and most companies, IT staff, mind is around security. This is what I hand over to you, Mark, now, because you are the, the resident security expert. So, yeah, well, I think I think there's two sides to that. I think. You know, for me, one of the elements is, of course, you're talking about a proliferation of internet gateways now. Whoa. I can say the word proliferation. Oh, are you sure? I can say it. Just okay. about say it anyway. <laughs> um, you know, the, the point is there is that, as, as Lee mentioned earlier, you know, you're, a lot of organizations are used to having all of their security and control in a central data center. Um, by breaking that out and putting internet access into every branch, then I've got to now try and figure out how I'm going to do content filtering, malware filtering. Mm-hmm. You know, firewalling potentially, depending upon what sort of services I've got yeah. there. So that that becomes a, a what we'd say in the business as an attack surface expansion. You know, we're now we're opening ourselves up to more points of ingress and egress into the network. Yeah. All right. So so, so you've gone from one, one one big yeah big internet pipe. You go. I can manage. I can Absolutely. control that yeah. pipe because it's coming in and out of my uh, data center to now that internet. Breakout is everywhere. Yeah. Smaller pipes, but they're all over the place. Uh, absolutely, and so you need to, you need to consider how that's going to be managed. And um, since I'm not the expert on I one, I'm going to let Lee answer what I'm going to do about that because I think that's that would be a big concern for me if I were a customer taking this on board. 
<laughs> Deathly silence. Deathly silence. Yeah. So you mean so? I, I, you, so is that is that where we talk about sort of cloud web security? Is it or? I, yeah, what, I mean, it's certainly it, one. I mean, cloud web security is one. So um, in terms of being able to provide that that sort of uh, policy enforcement so I want to do URL filtering I want to do malware filtering the things that you would normally and, that, do and that's basically doing it from the router into Cisco's yeah. security cloud will direct all the internet traffic into it we yeah. clean it we check it we apply all your policies that a, 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 an organisation could yeah. need so we do all that for you so you don't have to have an appliance correct. on all, site. all the stuff that you'd normally associate with an edge gateway uh, or internet gateway you can use through the CWS, the cloud web security, and we've got some smarts in the Cisco routers that will intelligently redirect that traffic to say, actually, this traffic's going to www.playboy.com, uh, therefore, <laughs> that other magazines are available. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, that, that would be inappropriate traffic to be, yeah. you know, to be used on a business context, uh, and therefore we can filter that in the cloud. Um, obviously site that may be hosting malware or other things that all of that can be hosted through a cloud hosted web content security okay. capability so you don't have to deploy on premise capability um, but you're still getting the protection the policy right, control okay. that you need at that local branch site is is the critical part uh, and, and the other benefit is all of those separate functions can all be performed by the one device in the branch from the CPU router not yeah. from uh, a plethora of so you haven't got so it's less devices to manage less devices to run yep. less devices to power up whatever yep so the other thing then, Lee, is about encryption then. So you mean, is is the encryption that's in this DM VPN magic, is that is that good enough? Is that is that sort of at a standard that's, that organisations would be happy with? Uh, yeah, I mean, so most organisations would tend to look towards the government to provide some validation of the um, security functionality within these different devices and our ISR routers, ASR routers have all got government certifications to prove that they are suitable for government or to carry government traffic over the internet. So if we're secure enough for a government, for the UK government, we should be pretty much happy for it to be used yep. for, like for any business or any organisation could, could use it as well. Yep. So so we're happy with that then. So that's a real ticket. Is, is yeah. that, is that, so is that something that's available everywhere? Is that like a, an industry standard type thing or is it... Is it I mean the, the the CPA piece. So so the the encrypt. You've kind of got two pieces. You've got the encryption technology itself. Um, yeah. So Lee's already talked about that. You know, there's, there's yeah. a standard set of encryption technologies used that, that that underpin the MVPN to support UK government needs. And I'm going to put my kind of UK government security hat on. Um, there's a there's a product certification scheme called Commercial Product Assurance that that we certify our products against uh, and in essence what what Lee was just alluding to there was that the uh, the ISR G2 the ASR 1000 families which are two of the main router platforms as well as the the newer ISR 4000 series um, I've either got or are going through that certification which essentially just gives it that that tick in the box to say yeah. that all the various functions that make up the VPN capabilities are okay. are good yeah okay brilliant so it sounds it's sounding not sound to me of leaving up why why not the internet why why can't you you mean it's it, it's so the other things we we could consider is like i mean would you lee would you put if i if i'm an organization and i go right i want i've got i'm used to having two two m p l s circuits either active active or active standby and i'm gonna go use the internet now do i go throw both both those m p l s away and go go two internet connections um 
or is there or do I go like a hybrid model of going uh, internet and MPLS and and what's your thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, so there's various ways of running Iwan. Uh, the first being dual MPLS, uh, second being hybrid where you have a single MPLS uh, and also a single internet pipe, or you can go dual internet. Um, hybrid Iwan is is probably uh, the, the easiest way for people to consume it and. The benefit with that is you get the, all the local internet breakout and the benefits of local internet breakout, but you've also got um, the MPLS service there, which has, offers uh, SLA quality of service, which you're not going to get over the internet. And so you can use performance routing to uh, ensure that your business critical apps, the ones that need strict de- de- delay and latency and loss um, requirements, that they use the MPLS service and then everything else and use the internet. Okay, so it's, that sort of makes sense, doesn't it? It's sort of a bit like I can dip my toe in the water and go, do you know what, instead of having two MPLS circuits, I drop one, buy a, a, an internet, local internet breakout, and then start doing it that way. And it gives you that assurance of, do you know what, if everything goes wrong, I've still got my MPLS circuit. Um, but also on the flip side, if I start to, I mean, if I can to get the best utilization, I can start to throw more and more traffic on it, the more confident I get. Because you can route it on that on a per application basis, isn't it? So you can just say, right, I'll just put in anything going out to the internet onto it. And then you can say, right, oh, okay, I'll put my Office 365 onto it. And then I can start putting other, other services onto it. Can yeah. I use both at the same time? Yes. Okay. And, and that's the beauty of iWAN is if you don't set any policy up at all to, to, to prefer tra- applications over mm-hmm. certain paths, it will load share by default. So both of your links will be active. Um, cool. So you're using both. But then the applications will be switch to the, the best or most appropriate path based on real-time performance of those applications. And, it, and it's measuring it across that, both links, isn't it? So if I've got a head office and a branch office, and I've got two connections to both, I've got an internet path and I've got a, an MPLS path, the path between both links are being monitored from the, from the head office and, and the branch to say, right, where is the best route at the, any moment in time? That's right, yeah. And it's passive monitoring as well. So it, the, the, the router is actually examining the performance of the applications based on the flows and then switching the flows um, automatically and dynamically based on the performance that it's seeing. Okay, brilliant. Cool. So the one thing that we've, uh, from a routing perspective, is is one thing always comes into mind is performance, isn't it? And I know that um, from my time at Cisco, you mean our, our routers, the more you turn on them, turn on them? Turn them <laughs> yeah, turn the, on more, the more services you turn on, the slower they can maybe get. So, pure salesman there. They maybe get most. They maybe get. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And it's a fair. It's a fair one, isn't it? You mean yeah. the more services like you turn the firewall on, turn on IPsec, you start turning on mm-hmm. CWS, and all these things will actually impact on the router. So, router selection is hugely important, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and so we've got. You know, we brought out the four Ks now, haven't we? The ISR four Ks, and and I I've seen the architecture on those 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 boxes. I've been seeing some slides on it, and they actually are. They look like they put specific specific hardware in there now and CPU and RAM to actually deal with adding more and more services. And obviously, we're looking at we, we can put uh, servers inside them as well to run these services in virtually. So, it, it, I mean, is there is there some way where customers can go to get an idea of, of what's the right router for them? Uh, certainly, yes. You could speak to your your SE or account manager. Um, we have. I don't think an account manager would know what we're doing. <laughs> They'll just go and call the SE. They just call yeah. the SE, wouldn't they? Yeah. Uh, to be put in touch with um, 
with with uh, someone like you, myself. Yeah, I was going to say someone you, like yourself. Like, at the end of the day, they'll always end up on your desk, <laughs> wouldn't it? So, yeah. so it's only yourself. But I mean, we can look on the on the on the Cisco Cisco website, isn't it? On the route selection, it'll give you performance stats there as well, wasn't it? So to give you that, so think about it's not just about the the pipe that you're connecting it to. It's and, and though it's not far off, there. I mean, the performance does uh, slightly degrade slightly from the performance stats that I've seen from it. But it is something just to make sure that you're aware of that. Um, but picking the right route at. Yeah, so the latest routers, the ISR 4000s, they run iOS XE, which is multi-threaded, and they've got multi-core CPUs in them, and those services can be Whoa. distributed across <laughs> those <laughs> I'm sure that's overly yeah. tacky for this yeah, show, but there we go. Yeah, multi-threading. Multi-threading. Mm. So basically you're saying that the services can run in parallel. Yes, yeah, kind of rather saying. than competing for one single CPU, yeah. they can be distributed across multiple cores. Okay, cool, lovely. So... Another thing that we've um, t- that we, we, we need to consider is about how do you manage this. So there's options here, isn't there? You I mean there's the traditional way of going to a service provider, mm-hmm. or you could even look at it managing it yourself. So so what so do, so are there service providers out there that can offer this sort of IWAN services? Yes. Definitely uh, silence. Yeah. Okay, I think we'll edit that point out. Yeah. Um, so there are there are service providers out there who are developing these sort of services out there. So it is something you can go and talk to your service provider about, mm-hmm. um, which, and there are plenty of them out there. The other option is obviously to start to consider of looking at managing it yourself. And when you look at Cisco Prime and the new APIC EM, which is our SDN controller for for our enterprise network products, so software defined networks. Software-defined networks. There you're sorry, you say me. I'm yeah, just, no, I'm just acronym souping, you know. Look, luckily, Prime is, is, I didn't say PI, did I? So no. uh, so Prime Infrastructure is a month. And the way that you can do it yourself is, is we've got the, um, the plug-and-play sort of f- functionality where you can take a router, ship it on site, and basically boot it up with a, um, a USB dongle in it with a really small bit of config, which basically will say, this is where your APIC controller is, then it will pull down its config or pull down its AOS, uh, its, its iOS, and, and then you'll be up and running. And then you'll be visible on Prime, and then Prime you can start to push all the profiles and policies to it. So the, there are options there of actually managing it in-house, nice and simply and easy using Prime and, and APIC, and then also going out and getting it from your service provider. And it is about what's, what suits, what suits the, your needs. What suits you. What suits you. Um, so we talked about management, we talked about the technology itself, we talked about security. The, um, so we, you mean, again, it's, it's always coming around to me, is that why not? Why not the internet? Why can't, why wouldn't you do? So what are the benefits that we, we're, we're seeing from this, Lee? Oh, benefits of using internet for your WAN is, um, firstly, cost. You can get a lot of bandwidth for, for, for a low amount of money in comparison to an MPLS circuit. Uh, typically, you get shorter contract with a, an ISP rather than a, an MPLS provider. Yeah. Um, supplier independence in that you can purchase your eyes, your internet connection from any supplier who's got footprint in your area. Um, you mean there's other flexibility around? You mean the thing that when when we talked about this is the ability to connect to organisation very quickly. So, for example, if you're a uh, you want to start working with another organisation, maybe it's a, another company, or you could be, for example, in health and social care, where you want to be a local NHS provider working with your local uh, local authority. Instead of going to a provider and going, I need to buy a, a, a shared MPLS circuit, you can actually go, as long as you've both got the internet, 
by using all this the the um, DMVPN technology, you can very quickly build a secure connection over the over the internet. Mm-hmm. So why? I mean, that, that's that's the thing that really resonated to me, and that ability to shop around. I mean, that's a yeah, real yeah. change in the market of being yeah. able to say, look, I'm a consumer now mm-hmm. and be able to pick up the phone to the different providers and say, and pick the one that gives mm-hmm. you the right deal or gives you the most bandwidth or gives you the, the date that suits you mm-hmm. for getting that service up and running. Yeah. So that's really, that's really interesting. Um, so it sounds like, why wouldn't we do it? And so are there, you mean, are there other people doing this out there? I mean... You mean that's, that's interesting. I mean, I, I mean, I've been, I have definitely spoken to different uh, public sector organisations who are really, really seriously looking at this. And the one thing they also said to me was, you mean, so, so, what, what is this IWAN? Why, why now? What does it come from? And and the one thing that sort of stuck out to me that it, it's not something that happened overnight, is it? No, I mean, the a lot of the technology that underpins IWAN, it's it's like a lot of things. I mean. You know, we've all been around this industry for a long time and very rarely is there a, a brand new, totally new technology. Yeah. A lot of stuff just gets tweaked and then re-put into something new. It's like when Lee was talking about DMVPN. That uses three protocols, IPsec, Next Top Resolution Protocol and GRE, all of which have been around for years. You know, the Next Top Resolution Protocol has been around, God, I mean, kind of ATM days, isn't it, from what I remember? It's, it's got some really obscure beginnings, but it's found its way into DMVPN yeah. and to me, that's what I see as IWAN, is, is that it's, you know, somebody's had the idea that the market's now ready to so why, use these kind of yeah. technologies. Because um, those technologies, none of them are terribly new. AVC's been around for a long time. Performance routing's been around for a long time. Cloudware security's new. YDR application services, WAS, which has been, been around for a long time, isn't it? All of this stuff has been around Akamai's for ages. new as well. It's, it's the, the, that's so just the integration. So what's happened? What's happened in the market then? What's that tipping point? Uh, I think tipping point has been the um, reliability of internet services and the growth or in, in, in bandwidth that they're actually able to provide. So it's cost and bandwidth then? Cost, that's, cost that's and bandwidth and reliability means it's now you can seriously look at using the internet for your, for your wide area network. Brilliant. So by the sounds of it, customers listening to this should really start, start to think about why not the internet? Mm-hmm. Uh, the cost is there, the reliability is there, mm-hmm. the technology is there, Absolutely. the assurance is there mm-hmm. to keep your your information secure. And, you mean, we've got things such as application visibility, performance routing, cloud web security we've talked about, mm-hmm. what application services, and, and Akamai and the ability to manage it as well. You mean and either choice by a server front or in yourself. And it's all in one box. I mean, that, you know, they, in the past this might have taken three or four boxes stuck in a branch, which would have cost more complexity, a bit messy. You know, with yeah. again, as Lee was saying, some of the latest generation ISR 4K routers, you can combine all of those functions because we've got some of the smarts in yeah. terms of the performance increases. All of that stuff can go on one box, and it, and it can be delivered at at the kind of performance levels that we need for an internet connection today. Whether it's you know 10 meg, 100 meg, gig yeah. type services, so the timing's right for all of those reasons to me. Well, brilliant, great. So thanks very much for joining me today. Thank you, right. Lee. Yeah. Thank you, Mark, for our regular contributor Pleasure. and uh, security expert. So if you want to know any more about this, uh, please go to www.cisco.com forward slash go forward slash IWAN, uh, where there's loads more information on there. You can also contact the uh, the podcast at uh, 
via email at uh, justin.woolen at cisco.com. That's two O's and one L. Or you can tweet us at, uh, at Justin Woolen. So thanks very much and uh, see you on the next episode of the Cisco Technology Podcast.